how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with another hopefully great review mm. of a mm. pick that uh, Fox did. What'd you pick, Fox? Well, I picked Lone Wolf and Cub because I knew it would make for a great review. That's right. There's no hoping about it. Hey, I'm just hoping it's a good review, you know? <laughs> it's always good. Have some confidence. I always have confidence. What are you talking about? Very confident, hopefully. <laughs> Be like Ogami Ito. Now there's a guy with some confidence. <laughs> that he is. Anyways, we are continuing on with our uh, samurai movie category. Our first pick was Sword of Doom, right? Yep. And now we have Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance. And Fox, you picked this one. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? You know, I think on the last episode, I might have covered my, my reasons for picking it. Just seems like a pretty big uh, pop culture icon kind of movie. And I figured it was time to see what it's all about. So Lone Wolf and Cub appears to be about a uh, executioner sometime in feudal Japan who gets exiled or betrayed or something there's, there's there's some politicking going on but it doesn't really matter the important thing you should know is that he runs around japan with his baby boy murdering people by the scores in some cases <laughs> and maybe even making a little love from time to time very passionate he knows what the ladies like man apparently they make that very clear <laughs> They do. <laughs> it's a big deal. It was the seventies. This was kind of a kind of a change in a uh, in pace here from our other samurai movies. I think a little less uh, serious and a little more. Uh, I don't even know what you'd call this. You know, I'm very glad that it was this way. Not that that other stuff is bad, because I love those movies. But. I was very glad that this was not a slow samurai movie. <laughs> Fair enough. It puts you right in there from the start. Yeah, it's an hour and 24 minutes long, and they get to it right away. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the startup is still kind of, like, unimportant. I feel like, you know, his whole origin story, I honestly could have just done without any of that. Like, it doesn't really feel like it's important to the plot at all, really. All we really need to know is this is a guy wandering the countryside as a ronin and being an assassin, but it feels like they're obligated to do it, I guess, but it's just, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's connected well with the rest of the movie to me. All right, boys, it's time for me to oh, here we go. educate you here mm. in this. Based off a of manga. Yes, this is based off of a manga. The Lone Wolf and Cub manga series. This is like one of the first manga adaptations in the live film if i'm not mistaken uh and apparently it follows pretty close to the actual book which is like crazy in and of itself because usually that doesn't happen as is evident by <laughs> well just look at netflix and their bastardization of all these Great animes that were based off mangas, right? So just look at that. This turned out so good is a testament to the filmmaking. Also, there are six movies in this series, and this is the first one. So it's very much an origin story, and it has to set up 
the world that the characters are living in. So all that stuff at the beginning is going to be very important for later on in the series. Hmm, okay. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it fit very well, but I guess if it comes up later, maybe it makes more sense. I don't know. I still have my same complaints. It just doesn't, it's like, it's so anticlimactic. Like his wife just, he leaves the room and then you hear a scream and she's like practically dead already. Like we don't even really see any setup. It's just kind of like, feels like they're kind of rushing through it too a little bit. Okay, that whole scene was super weird. Very John Wick. I'd say John Wick had more like impact though with the dog <laughs> the bad guy shows up and is like hmm i heard there was some suspicious going ons around here it's totally normal that there's nobody here and all the rooms are full of corpses yes he was in on it he was part of the people framing him i just wonder why the other guy didn't pick up on the fact that that guy didn't seem concerned at all by all the corpses of the household everywhere because they're all framing him they want his position because he's one of the well there's those three like positions right the executioner the assassins and oh what's the other one i don't re- the spies I, the spies yeah so he's got an extremely influential and powerful position and that clan wants to take it from him so they can be in control of two of the three positions from the shogunate Yes, I don't know. It was a weird scene. So it's, that's the whole motivation and what gets him started on his epic journey to slay as many men as possible <laughs> to get his revenge. I think I would have just preferred it to start like when he gets hired as an assassin. I think that's like the best part to start at. It didn't really bother me. I mean, you know, Friday the 13th has a good 20 minutes of setup. It's kind of how I see it. Are you talking about the first one? Because that whole movie's set up. <laughs> Ooh, okay, no, the, the next eight after that. <laughs> or nine, however many there are. <laughs> I just didn't feel like there's a lot of buildup to the betrayal, you know? I don't know. I just felt like they were just like, here's the, oh, well, here we have to, we have to give him a reason for this. We have to give him a reason for this. Okay, blah, blah, blah. They're just kind of going through the motions a little bit, it felt like. When the cool stuff comes up later. Man, there's a lot of cool stuff in that part, though. Like, he has to fight off all those men to escape. And then you get to see him use his water tactic to <laughs> destroy the other guy. All of it was very cheesy. <laughs> that was awesome. The action scenes are good, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just they could have just thrown action in in a different context and it would have still been fine. Just it wasn't doing it for me so much, but it does get better. As soon as he goes on his quest, like his job or whatever, it gets a lot better, I think. So like what, the first 20 minutes is what really got you yeah yeah like the whole like his family he's hanging out with his wife and his wife just dies immediately and it feels like a totally different movie to me i feel like they could have had a whole movie about him getting back at the clan for that but they like rushed through it he's revenged his clan or he makes a deal with the clan to get out or something but i mean i guess it comes up later but it doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the movie it's the whole reason he's on his quest and where he's at at the moment it It's the John Wick thing where that movie, it's the exact same thing. It's like just 20 minutes of setup. They give you everything you need to know, but they don't embellish on it any, which I'd argue this movie does embellish on it a little bit with the the cool scene where he has um his son pick between the ball or the sword. And it it, it gives you what you need to know. So that way you can care about the character and what he's doing. But they don't they don't spend a lot of time on it because they want to get to 
um, Ogami just chopping people up. <laughs> yeah, but it feels like he gets like his vengeance by dueling with the dude in the field, and like he goes through an entire like story arc in the first twenty minutes. It feels like to me. Well, well, I wasn't the guy who killed uh, or ordered the assassination of his wife and his clan. That was just another person he had to get to or go through to get out of the situation he was in. He still has to go and um, get through the um, the the Yagyu clan, I think's how you say it. But I will say that that duel was really well shot. That was cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love like yeah. There's like decapitations. Like the it's the classic like when he cuts somebody, the blood just starts spraying out like this bright red. It's just so cool. It's kind of a stereotypical samurai, but I just love it. I can't help but love it. I think this is one of the first movies to start doing that. It's cool looking at comparing this to like Harakiri. Right, because you look at especially like the one-on-one -on -one samurai duel. Because you look in that one, and it's so like tense and slow-paced, and there it's like a a gunfight in a western, or essentially is what it is. And then this one, it's completely the opposite, but it's still really cool and r really well done and really well shot. It, it's just cool that it's showing how the film genre has progressed since those earlier times and how it's influenced the rest of media <laughs> afterwards, which I do want to talk about, especially since it's this movie <laughs> in particular. Well, yeah, you're going to bring up the Mandalorian because that's <laughs> the biggest one right now. That straight lone wolf and cub. Yep. <laughs> but Star Wars. Pretty much. I guess we can, we can talk about it now. Unless you wanted to talk about the opening more, I guess. Nah, I've got my complaints out. That's like my biggest complaint. It's the same complaint I had with Sword of Doom. It just felt like two different vignettes into this guy's life where it was like, I could have used the story about one or the other, but they try to combine it. And I don't know. I felt like it wasn't tied together super well for me, but it's only 20 minutes. Yeah, like this movie's pretty short, so it's not like it's a huge flaw for me. But. It feels a lot longer than it is. They make good use of that time for the most part. Yep. I guess let's talk about those influences then, because, oh man, you can tie a lot back to this movie. I'd say it's a, <laughs> a groundbreaking move forward in cinema for, like, action movies and stuff. Especially on, like, the samurai genre, but, I mean, you can look at things today. We mentioned Kill Bill from Quentin Tarantino, a huge... Huge inspiration for that with the whole ending fight scene. Mike mentioned John Wick, which is almost exactly the same plot as this movie, except missing the, the child. Most recently, we have The Mandalorian, which is 100% inspired by Lone Wolf and Cub, because you've got Mando with... Uh, <laughs> The child. Baby which, Yoda. Yes. It's not Yoda, but <laughs> it's it is the Yoda. child is the That's official his name, name now. Baby Yoda. That's what everyone calls him. He's he's taking Baby Yoda around and having to defend themselves from bounty hunters coming after him uh while he's trying to find work. And it's interesting too because the Mandalorian a lot of the individual episodes themselves are even based off of older samurai movies. Like, there's the most obvious one in there is they have a seven samurai, 
episode, essentially, in there, which is pretty cool. And also, getting into the soundtrack for this movie, listen to the soundtrack for Lone Wolf and Cub, and then go listen to the soundtrack, or the main theme for The Mandalorian. It's almost exactly the same because they're homaging um, Lone Wolf and Cub. All you guys who like The Mandalorian and saying that it's saving Star Wars, uh, you can thank this movie for that. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I feel kind of bad now. I did not notice the soundtrack, like, at all for this movie. <laughs> it's not super standout, but it is good. The theme's kind of interesting, but yeah, the rest, I don't know. Yeah, the, th the main theme is kind of cool. It's kind of just like a lot of crazy sounds going on. And there's like, a, I think there's like electric guitar, electric, some sort of string instrument. Ooh, there is. Yeah. I take it back towards the end there when it comes out. He remembers. You jogged his memory when you said yeah, crazy guitar. That was pretty sweet at the end. <laughs> the crazy guitar always brings back the memories. Oh, when he's walking the light path. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when he's walking in between the, the fire and the water. Ooh, yeah. Oh, man. The visuals are so good in this. Like, just the style of people getting limbs and heads chopped off and arterial blood spray coming out. It's like, you see that so much in movies after this one. There might be some that did it beforehand. I don't know because I haven't seen every movie, but... <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? It's a travesty. This has definitely set a precedent that many movies have aped after this. Not that it's a bad thing, but it set a big precedent in the genre going forward once it came out, which is cool. I thought he was going to use a secret water technique at least one more time in the movie, but... Yeah, he was at a hot springs. Yeah, he. I thought that's like literally the whole point of him going there, you know? It's like, <laughs> oh, they're setting it up. He's going to do it again, but no, he just slays everybody normally. He's a master. He's got a <laughs> lot of moves. He decides to plot his other weapons besides his sword, like his awesome uh, spear that he just like builds and <laughs> starts using. Out of the baby cart, yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. That scene was awesome i was like oh he built a staff and then yeah the blade comes out and i'm like oh <laughs> i said the same thing <laughs> i was excited enough for the staff but yeah they'd really <laughs> surprised me with the, the little point at the end yeah there's like no build-up and that's after he threw a knife at the dude that was in the handle <laughs> yeah it's really cool to see him use a spear you know i'm glad we got to see some samurai using something besides a sword you know, since they're supposed to be the masters of all the weapons they got. Neat to see a guy just go ham. Yeah, it was cool. Speaking of the baby cart, I actually watched the second movie yesterday, just because I was kind of curious. And uh, the little baby gets in on it with the weapons and the cart in that one. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I was hoping he would in this one. I'm definitely going to have to watch the next one now. I think I actually like the second one better. It doesn't have all the setup in it. That's what I was thinking. It's like, I bet you the next ones are going to be a lot better for me just because, yeah, we can just get straight on to it. Let's just get on to the quest, you know, your next mission. It's interesting because the American version of this called Shogun Assassin is pretty much the same length of this movie, but they like cut apart the first and the second movie and combined them for the American release. So it's like the best 
all the fights, the best parts of both of those are put into that one. And apparently it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, <laughs> but of course. Yeah, speaking of that kid, he is like so adorable. Oh my God. He's just so happy sitting in that car, just smiling, like clapping his hands. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this kid's awesome. I just, yeah, I, I kind of wish he would have done more than the plot. Like, it doesn't feel like he really does anything. I think I would have, I think I'd have preferred if he was like maybe like five or six, a little bit older, so he could like comprehend what was going on maybe and could have like a dynamic between the dad and the son a little bit more. But then we wouldn't have got that scene with the, the crazy mom who gave up her oh, own geez. kid. That was a, not a great way to start the movie. I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> they actually like show it and everything. It's like, oh, geez. And the dad's like, do it. It's like, eh, he doesn't want to. <laughs> like, I feel like that kid might have been a little old to be doing that, you know? Yeah, it seemed a little creepy to me, but... I guess while we're on the subject, I found that sex scene at the bathhouse very weird and like out of place. It was just felt like very gratuitous to me. Like, oh yeah, he's a true lover. Like that's how you can tell. You know, it's like we already knew he was a tough guy. Like from the beginning, you don't need to. It's just how confident he is, man. Mm, I don't know. I already got that vibe when knives were getting thrown at him and he didn't <laughs> flinch. It felt. Like a weird decision. Bad guys are like, do it or we'll kill you and her. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like they, I don't know, it seemed like maybe there's something weird going on there, but maybe like a little director fantasy or something. I don't know. This doesn't serve anything to the plot, like at all, because we already know all the information. Take your beef to the manga. I'll take it to both. <laughs> I can blame the movie. They can change stuff. <laughs> they follow it very closely is what Dan said, so. Well, they don't have to. <laughs> they need it in there, Terry. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Somebody needs it in there. I was pretty entertained. It wasn't Velocipaster, you know, like level of uh, sex scene. Oh, no. Nothing can top <laughs> That's that. That's probably the most tasteful sex scene I've ever seen in my entire life. If you listeners haven't heard that review, you'll hear us gushing over that. It's a, it's a great scene. Not me. These guys don't know what the heck they're talking about <laughs> anyways yeah that, that's just another weird thing yeah it just shows you that he can do it all he's got the full package i'd have preferred him to be kind of you know like he doesn't look like he's down on his luck you know maybe like we don't need i don't it just feels yeah uh, very gratuitous and not necessary and the way it's shot and everything it's like so sensual and wh why are you trying to tell us here exactly i feel like it's supposed to be about his character you know <laughs> Because he, like, does something nice for her, and then she tries to follow him at the end, and he's like, mm, I will murder us both if you try and come with me. But you gotta think, too, that he is a samurai, and he's got honor. They don't know that he's, uh, how does he say it, walking the way of hell? The demon road. The demon road. So that bandit is really trying to disgrace him and his honor in that scene as well. Uh, yeah, that's true. And the, al the alternative to it was that she's just going to get raped by all those dirty bandits. So I, I side with you on this a little bit, Terry, but I, I, I don't know. It, it is, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> like they, they, they give it a point, but it's like it just doesn't feel like it matches what I would expect from this like hardened assassin guy, you know? Then though story-wise, they do give you some justification. I do think it's in there for some fan service. Uh, don't get yes. me wrong, but at, le at least it is justified enough, I think, for it to be in there. 
And it's kind of funny when she's talking to all the other dudes afterwards, I thought. It was a power move, man. Somebody had to know. <laughs> I love when he just whips his robe off right there in front of all of them. <laughs> he just like, wait. <laughs> immediately gets <laughs> naked. <laughs> there are some kind of dark things in this movie. Kind of like what's going on with the uh, the prostitute whenever he's not around or the uh, the rape scene that occurs just prior to that. And it does feel a little dissonant to me with the kind of cheesy overtone of the rest of the movie. I don't know if I ever really got like a, that cheesy of a vibe. Like the action's kind of cheesy, but... I guess I felt like the plot was kind of cheesy. I mean... I don't know, like an action plot. You could argue it's cheesy that he's taking his kid around everywhere with him, but the only part I thought was cheesy was when he did his water move, because <laughs> he literally just jumps in the water, and the guy's <laughs> like, oh no, he's a master of the his water splash technique, and literally all he does is put his hands under the <laughs> water so the other guy can't see what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what, you have reminded me, that old man is very cheesy. Dear God, I was not a fan of him. I love that old man. That guy's awesome he's so funny just like inner monologuing for 15 minutes jeez it's <laughs> so funny <laughs> that guy was cheesy jeez yeah the sacred water technique it's unbeatable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i get what you mean with the cheese fox because i felt it was very cheesy too and the second one just gets even cheesier i think in a good way don't get me wrong i enjoy some cheese and i like a over-the-top action movie if anything, the bad thing is the darker stuff that I just felt was like, hmm, having a good time over here, and then here comes this bandit with his ninja chain thing. Man, why is this like a thing in all these Japanese movies? Did somebody get raped in Harakiri? No. <laughs> okay, maybe it just sort of doom. It does seem to be a reoccurring theme, and I guess maybe it's just indicative of women's rights in Japan back then. Maybe it's kind of like the whole, um, and there's a comic book trope that's like this too, where it's called like when the women character get fridged, is what they call it, where like their whole purpose is to serve for our main protagonist, male, of course, uh, like pushing him forward, like that they like die so that we can like, that's like their whole purpose is to just raise the stakes, I guess. Like the, the term comes from when Green Lantern's girlfriend literally is like, murdered and he comes home and he's like oh i'm home honey and he goes and he opens up his refrigerator and she's like stuffed into the refrigerator dead good grief yeah and that's kind of where the term comes from that, that might be kind of what it is it's just like it's like well what's the worst thing we can think of and it's like well all right let's do that to make sure you really understand how bad these people are that is kind of what i feel like they're doing yeah these are bad guys, just so you know, in case you weren't clear before. <laughs> we kind of got that when he, uh, what did he, they, did they kill somebody on the bridge? <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy who goes and just falls off. Yeah, I think we already got the gist when he, they were going to cut the rope. A lot of things do that, unfortunately. I mean, Game of Thrones does it too. That's like the most recent example. Not that it's good, but I don't know. That, that, that's a touchy subject. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like a... I think it's kind of a 70s thing, too, because, like, movies like Death Wish, it's the same deal. His whole motivation for becoming the, like, vigilante is because his daughter and his wife both get, like, brutalized. And, yeah. 
It might be more yeah, of a, a time thing, too, I guess. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, I guess, but... I'm not saying that, like, bad things shouldn't be depicted in media. You know, there's definitely a time and a place for it. I just feel like if I'm having a brew and a good time, and then it just comes out of nowhere all of a sudden, I don't always appreciate it. Yeah, I get that. I get that, too. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily out of place, because the whole, like theme of the movie is backstabbing and like nasty things happening to other people i mean they completely set this guy up so they can steal his position and they murder his whole clan and his family and all that so i don't think it's necessarily out of place in this but i don't i don't know it's it's a hard thing to justify i guess having in there yeah, it's like, when is the right moment to put that in your story and when is it? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's kind of a weird line. It's, it's, it works <laughs> and it doesn't. Ask. Yeah, right, exactly. It's I, like, I'd argue it's part of it being like an exploitation type of... Oh, yeah, that's true. It's kind of like an exploitation film. You could argue that, so I'd say it's in there so they can get the violence and the sex aspect of it. Yeah, I think you're right on with that. And that's why it's... There's so much, like, nudity and then gore and things in there. But at least the movie's actually good, you know? <laughs> that <laughs> does it, help. That's not the only reason that it exists, is so you could see some boobs. Yeah, there's other <laughs> stuff in here, too, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. That is how a lot of exploitation movies are. Anyway, <laughs> wow, yeah. that was a long tangent about that. Huh? <laughs> That's what we're here for, right? <laughs> yeah, we're diving deep into all your favorite scenes. <laughs> I do really like when we do these like older movies and we get some like cultural and historical context that we don't like get a lot in newer films that are all kind of, even if they're not made in Hollywood or by Hollywood, they still kind of bend to the tropes that have become known like bland standardized inoffensive like even if they're good movies you know that we do see just i don't know yeah we we see different things back in the day that's kind of cool sometimes if a little awkward (laughs) you never know what to expect i mean i love marvel movies but it's like compare this to like the marvel films and there's a clear difference in like everything right because the marvel films are just your standard definition of clean cut inoffensive for the most part formulaic yeah Yeah, formulaic inoffensive standardized though they do get better about that in the later ones for sure that's why i like watching a lot of these older movies because like what fox said yeah you get that different perspective from a time long gone essentially and some of it, you can argue, is probably best that it's left in the past, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just discussed. And then others, it's like, I wish they would have continued with this type of thing, like with the the hyper-stylized violence or whatever. Because it's fun. Like Quentin Tarantino says, it's fun. It's a movie. You go there for fun stuff, so... Well, not all the time. We're getting into a lot of the deeper themes and (laughs) meanings of film in this movie, which I was not expecting. (laughs) I was going to ask, how many, have you seen a bunch of these already, Dan? I've only watched the first one. I've seen part of the second one, but not the whole thing. 
Okay. Because I was going to, I was wondering, like, maybe how, like, formulaic this ends up getting, though, like, as the series progresses, too. I don't know. I'd be happy to report back because I own all of these and I, I will be watching the rest of them, like, over this week and probably next week. So, from watching the second one, it really reminded me a lot of anime, actually. Oh, okay. Because all the villains have cool, unique weapons or temperaments, or like there's a clan of all warrior women who come after him. There's a guy with his weapons are literally claws that he attaches to his hands. It's really more of like the classic anime thing where the villains have all these cool, unique abilities and they all come after the main character. And I mean, even the little kid gets in on some of the fighting, which is cool to see. So I had a blast watching the second one. I like I enjoyed the first one, but I think the second one is more what you're looking for TV where they just get straight into it. OK, yeah, because watching this one, like, don't get me wrong, I did like it, but it was just I kind of was really mixed on it. I was like, I don't even know if like I would want to bother watching the rest, you know, but uh, yeah, if they just get right to it and they don't have all the backstory, like I think, yeah, it'd be much better. It's kind of like Venom Syndrome, too. It's like I love the movie Venom, but Oof. I wish the backstory would just kind of not be there. Man, that movie's junk. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Venom was awesome. That movie's what? junk, man. Oh, my God. That's so bad. Anyways, yeah. It, it, it has the origin story curse associated with it. Which some people don't mind that, other people don't like it at all. I fall in the middle. This one, it doesn't get as bogged down as it could have got. It's more John Wickish. Well, we should say John Wick took the inspiration from this one, where it gives you the info you need to know and not much else. It's like, here's what you need to no, now here's all the cool fight scenes of this guy slaughtering people. <laughs> I do think it's worth noting that there are six of these movies. And, you know, going off of what you're saying where the backstory stuff with the clan, he is fighting the clan throughout all these movies. So it's really kind of released in like the manga format as well, where it's this big, long, overarching story that gets chopped up into these smaller chunks, the volumes. There's a lot of like um, interesting backstory behind this, too. I have the uh, Criterion Collection with these all these in it, and I was reading through the um, little booklet that goes into like the production and stuff. And the, the main actor, his brother stars in another series of samurai films about this blind samurai guy. And his brother, yeah, his brother was supposed to be the one who played um, Ogami Ito in this one. But he, he didn't do it because he was working on those films. And maybe there's a TV series with it, too. I don't remember. But um, it's cool because his older brother was like, man, I want to do this. This, this is going to be good. He felt like he needed the blessing of the writer before he did it. So he literally goes and shows up like super early in the morning at this guy's house. And he's like, I know I'm not the right build to play this character, but watch this. And then proceeds to like 
dazzle him with somersaults and sword play skills. And then the guy's like, all right, yeah, you can can be a (laughs) gummy. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And then the writer did the screenplay for, I think, the first three, and then he stepped out and just got like a producer credit or whatever. But um, the the main actor, I can't say his name, Tomi Saburo Wakayama. I don't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he he starts taking more creative control of the films. I think four through six, and they start like going to locations and stuff that he's like, man, this would be cool if we did this here and things like that. So. It's really, it's, it's, it's interesting. And then they had like, I think one of the companies that was supposed to produce it went bankrupt or something and they had to switch and he was under contract with some, with the other company and they had to do like a secret deal underneath the table so he could star in the rest of these films after this one. It's, it's pretty cool. It's interesting that all six of these even got made with the same actor. Who does a good, really good job, I might add, in this. Yeah, I really liked him. And yeah, like you reminded me, yeah, like his build is not what I would have expected from this movie. Like he is a little like, I don't know, bigger than, you know, I don't want to like make make it sound mean, but he's a little chunkier than like your typical like male (laughs) protagonist. He's like, like me, but like more fit. <laughs> it's like, th- this man is relatable. <laughs> I was like, I could be a samurai. Give him the rest of us hope, you know? He really had like the dad bod, you know? like Yeah, he does. It really works for his character because he is like a dad and you know, he's carrying a kid around. Like it makes him feel more real, I think. Oh well, yeah, he's like the executioner, you know? He's not like a samurai out there on the battlefield. His job is to be, be like people's second. Not that it means he's any less skilled, you know? He's got to be, like, the best swordsman for the best stroke every time. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that they went with him over, like, the more obvious choice, I guess, for this type of role. Yeah, feels fresh. A new take on the shinobi ronin or whatever. But yeah, he does a good job. Like, he has, like, a... Like, when he's really disheveled and, like, his hair's kind of crazy and stuff, he really does kind of just look like a crazy wanderer, like... When he's just walking across the bridge in the bandit village, yeah, he, I could see why they would all just think like, oh, he's just like a, a weird old man that just <laughs> has the sword and he's kind of washed up. That's what it feels like. It says his son's for hire on his banner. He walks around with. He doesn't even get paid after he works. <laughs> That's he felt right. sorry for that lady. He felt so bad for her. You could at least make some dosh or something. I suppose he is hungry. Even though he was like, no thanks, I really am uncomfortable with the situation you put me Seriously, in. Seriously, I'm like two years old, man. It's been like 18 months since I've been doing that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. What a weird way to start the movie. That's all I'll say. I was on the, like, oh, gee, I was very hesitant after that. Maybe that's why I was so against the rest of the beginning for a while. I was just like, what am I watching? <laughs> what am I in for? It's a big roller coaster because like the the very very start of this is he's um being the second for this little kid. This little kid at the very beginning. Yeah, that was crazy. That kid looked like his son and I was very confused for a minute. I thought he was going to like kidnap the kid and they're just going to run away together. 
Like, you know, like, you'll, I'll keep you safe. But nope, I guess you must have done it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that it opened up like that because it gives it like just a little bit of tension, especially during the like flashback scene. Because after his wife's killed and the clan's killed, because you're wondering, oh, is he going to kill his son too so he can go on this? And that's why it makes that scene where he has his child choose between the sword and the ball much more impactful, I think. Because you've seen him actually, well, they cut away from it, but you know that he's actually been a second for this little kid before in the past. So it gives it a lot more tension for that scene, which is which is really cool. I will say I love to, um, part of this goes to just this guy's performance being so good when they put on the Harakiri robes and they show up and they're like, ah, oh, you're... You're so steadfast in your resolve. You even put on your Harakiri robes um, so you can kill yourself when we get here. Then he starts laughing. He's like, <laughs> I don't wear these for for me. I was like, oh. <laughs> Man, I don't know what it is about this chuckling in these samurai movies, but they've been epic every single time. Like when in Harakiri, where the main guy's just chuckling and laughing. It's like, usually it come off as cheesy, but so far in all these movies, I've just been like, oh, it's so cool. All these actors have such a commanding presence. It's it's awesome. They do such a good job. Hmm, well, do we have anything else to say about this one? Or are we ready for overall presentation? I think I'm ready. I got nothing. Honestly, I think I've said more about this than I intended to in the first place. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> Man, we burned through my notes in, like, the first, like, ten minutes. <laughs> it's not a very long movie. Hey, we got a lot out of it, though. Uh, so we've got a scale that we use to rate the movies. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little spiel of what we think, and then we average it out at the end. So who knows what we'll give this one. Will this movie stand alone? Uh, I don't know where else to go with that. Dang. Well, drop the ball on that. <laughs> he almost had it on the verge of greatness. <laughs> we were this close. <laughs> Will this movie choose the way of the sword or the way of the ball? Will it have dropped the ball, I should say. Ooh. Oh. Man, speaking of cool scenes, I was thinking about some old memories again, just like last time. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> and, uh... I remember this one time, me and Mike were going to visit a, there's a town maybe like 30 minutes away, we went driving over there, and it was overrun by a bunch of gangsters, and they pulled out their knives, and were like, let's see how tough you really are, whoever's the toughest, they get to go first, and they threw the knives at me, and I flinched, I was so scared, but then they threw them at Mike, and Mike just stared at him, dead-eyed, not scared at all. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I guess in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is I think it means Mike deserves to go first. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. But in all reality, my eyes were closed and I didn't see him coming, what? so I couldn't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I had a good time watching it. It was fun to get out of the, like, really old black and white slow samurai movies. Not that those are bad, but it was fun to get out of that because... We said that this one is an hour and 24 minutes and it felt longer than it was. Just imagine when it's a slow black and white samurai movie, how slow it feels. <laughs> Takes up a long time. It's good, but 
I was in the mood for something else. And this was it. I loved it. It was fun to watch. It was cool to see how it's influenced so much stuff later on. I liked it so much I went ahead and watched the second one. And I want somebody to hook me up with a link to where I can buy this collection so I can just have it because I'm giving it a buy it. Ooh. Ooh. Kind of in the, uh, yeah, the same vein as Mad Mike. My, uh, my girlfriend and I watched this together and we had a blast. I think it was just the kind of movie we needed, minus that one really dark scene. <laughs> but we had a lot of brews and it was a lot of fun. Love almost everything about it. The hyper violence and the stony gaze being samurai. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so eloquently put. Was mildly distracted, you see, because I was about to say that we should buy it, and then suddenly this opportunity appeared in front of me. <laughs> so I'm going to say, yeah, this, this is a buy it. I'm, I'm, I, would, I wouldn't mind getting all of these in like a box set. What a life that would be. Which is uh, kind of looking... Temporarily out of stock. No! <laughs> yeah, sorry. So if you hadn't guessed, I, I was on the way to buy this. Literally, right now, as I was trying wow. to give an overall presentation. <laughs> Multitasking. That's indicative of how good it is. It's a buy from Fox. Yeah, I'm a little more mixed on it. I didn't hate it. Uh, and as we've talked about it, it's kind of grown on me a little bit more. But... I still think, yeah, the whole origin stuff doesn't really feel like it quite fits in together with the rest of the movie. It doesn't feel very smooth to me, but the action's all really good. Uh, the main actor does a great job. The kid they pick is, like, adorable. Um, I kind of wish the kid would have had more to do in the story, but it sounds like he gets more to do later on, so I guess that's a plus. Um, uh, I think, overall, I'm going to give it a watch it. I think it's a good movie. I'm... I am curious to watch the rest of them because once they get over the origin story hurdle, I think it'll, it'll all fit together really well for me. So I'll give it a watch it. So yeah, this, this is a really good action movie um, from the 70s that a lot of people probably overlook because it's a Japanese film, which is a shame because there's a lot of great Japanese media and this is one of those great pieces of Japanese media. It's so cool that they're able to adapt a manga back in the 70s and come up with something this good, let alone something that's so influential, even up until today with The Mandalorian. You're still getting all the throwbacks and inspiration from this film. It's just so cool. You don't see stuff like this all the time. I, I have the Criterion box set of all of these and just like all the Criterion stuff, um, they did a great job with this. Uh, it looks really, really good. And even not with the Criterion stuff, it just it's a great looking movie. There's a lot of really intense, well shot scenes like the the one on one duel or when his son's choosing the sword or the ball and just all the fight scenes are really well done, too. It's it's literally it's like John Wick but in in the samurai time period feudal Japan. So if that interests you, you're probably going to like it quite a bit. I know I do. It's it's just really good. I've seen it multiple times. I'll probably watch it some more, show other people. It's yeah, it's good. I'm looking forward to 
watching the rest of these here really soon. So that that's a buy it from me too. Well, there you have it. Lone Wolf and Cub is a Run the Reel certified as a buy it from the collection. It sounds like <laughs> even though get all six. Wow, everybody's shopping. Yeah, literally during the review, everybody's shopping for this box set. They can't get enough of it's it. It's such a cool box set. It's got like the colored art from like the manga on it and then the inside it's got pages from the manga in there it's just it's really cool man i want that art as a poster as a print yeah that cover art's epic i really like the cover art that's what got me to buy it was it's like i've heard of this and that cover art's so cool i'm gonna pick it up so i got it (laughs) during one of their sales or whatever so Putting their money where their mouth is. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. They are, they're buying it. I'm so glad you chose this, Fox, because it's like, after I watched it, I was like, we got to do this on the show. I bet the rest of them are going to love this movie. <laughs> oh, man, I was pretty stoked about it. I mean, I was stoked about this whole series, but I knew this was one I was looking forward to. And speaking of, where are we going next? Well, so I got a pick for next week. I was told it's technically not a samurai movie, and I agree with that, but the group has allowed it, so (laughs) I'm thinking Lady Snowblood. Yeah, I actually own this movie, so why not? I'll throw it in the old Blu-ray player once again. Man, what's with it? And you guys are always like, I've owned all these movies, but I've never seen them. (laughs) Oh, no, I've seen this one. Oh, you've seen this one? I've watched Lone Wolf and Cup. Okay. Maybe my maybe my theory doesn't stand up here. I hadn't when I purchased it, but... <laughs> There's definitely a lot in my collection that I haven't watched. I mean, I have Lady Snowblood too that I haven't watched yet either, so... Oh, I didn't know there was a second one, but I'm excited. I am too. I almost picked this up during the last Criterion sale, actually, so... Yeah, I think this was another blind buy for me. I was just like... I think I heard what you were saying earlier, Mike, was that it was an inspiration for Kill Bill. And I was like, well, I like Kill Bill, so probably going to like this. (laughs) I think the same production company who did Lone Wolf and Cub did this one, too, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go get that booklet out and look at it again, but I know they mentioned it in there, so. Consistency, that's what I like to hear. At least that's tangentially related to samurai movies that we've covered already, so. Would you say it's in the spirit of a samurai film? Yeah, probably, I guess. I don't know. There's, there's some sword play in there. It's it's a lot like Lone Wolf and Cub, if I remember right, with like the blood gushing and stuff at the very least. So Good enough for me. <laughs> it's got one speck of relatability to other samurai films. We'll have to decide for ourselves next week. But uh, if any of you listeners out there have any like requests or thoughts on our reviews, did you like Lone Wolf and Cub? We want to hear it all. Uh, hit have us up on Facebook. Have you seen Lone Wolf and Cub? Ooh, yeah. Have you even seen it? You probably should, sounds like. Everybody here except for me gave it a buy it, so. Do you have movies in your collection you don't watch as well? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> yes, what are they? Or ones you've bought but haven't watched, or ones you did buy and watched and never watched again but <laughs> haven't got rid of. Oh, God. Now, you've just, like, classified my whole collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um... But yeah, send us a message on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Run The Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. We love hearing from you, so hit us up. Let us know if you dis- agree or disagree with us. 
Thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off. Thank you.